Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 105 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott are with you on Oilers Now, which is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex dot C-A is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, you can keep texting us. I'll work some into the show here on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street and 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. We're going to head off to our River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, the River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it as we go to our Oilers Now headliner for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. Hey, Trent. It's time to make another round. You know what I'm saying? It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. I think Trent's gone on a couple of my Oilers Now road trips with New West Travel back in the day. Without further ado, we welcome back to the show. And I was flattered last night because he was watching online, which shows you... um, the passion that Al May, the uh, former Edmonton Oiler, a guy that spent a long time both playing and then broadcasting for the Washington Capitals, the passion Al has for the game. Got a text from him during last night's uh, Oilers-Flames game. He was watching online. We welcome back to the show Washington Capitals broadcaster Alan May. Hello, Al. How are you doing? Stop. I'm doing great. A little tired from watching that exciting preseason game, something you don't normally see happen in the National Hockey League. There was some pace to it. Uh, now, is this something you regularly do, sit there and hop online and watch games from uh, two, you know three time zones away and, and you know preseason games uh, in the early in the second week of preseason? Well, I was talking to a friend today, and there's one thing that'll never leave me is uh, you know my passion for the Oilers and. You know, I was lucky enough as a kid, I've told you many times, to have season tickets. We were a WHA family as well. And then when Gretz was there, my dad bought all those season tickets. So, you know, I, I got to watch them win a Stanley Cup as a fan. I got to watch them win a Stanley Cup. Oh, lots of all of their Stanley Cups. I've got the six up to one in uh in 1991, I believe it was, or 90. I can't really remember the last year because I wasn't there. I was in Cancun or somewhere. But the uh, I was at uh, three Stanley Cups as a fan and one 
as an oil or farmhand extra player. They used to call us lobsters. So, you know, they, they've, got, they've got those exciting kids on the team. I'm excited about the roster they put together this year from the salary cap hell that they've been in for a while. And, uh, man, it's, it, was, it was awesome to watch last night. It really was. The, the taste, determination, commitment, uh, the pursuit of excellence last night was excellent. And I thought the leadership uh, really shone through with all their top players. The power play. Al, you're, you know, the Oilers have had two of the best uh, top 15 power plays in NHL history the last two years. A fourth overall in 1920, 14th last year. And a lot of those power plays that are ahead of them are from time periods when goaltenders were 5'8 and 5'9 uh, with small equipment and teams that uh, didn't have video to prepare as to how to coach to stop a power play. We're watching something pretty special when McDavid Drysettle and Nugent Hopkins especially. And, that, and I mentioned those guys because Clefbaum got replaced by Barry last year. Now we're going to have Hyman and Pugliarvi replacing James Neal and Alex Chason. But the, the, one, the continuity has been in the three with McDavid, Drysettle, and Nugent Hopkins. Evidence, and, and you watched a pretty good power play in Washington, but this power play is stupid good, isn't it? Well, the thing about the Capitals power play, and, and it can drive me crazy and irritate me somewhat, is there's a lot of structure to it. And I think it's easier to kill kill it, and especially when it's crunch time, when you've got to go every game in the playoffs and you're watching so much video, everyone's dialed in, you've seen their entire body work all season. It's easy to adapt to as a PK system. Edmonton, there, there is no, it's not over coach, and they're trusting these players to move that puck around. To do, there's some things they still have to do within, you know, the confines of what the coaching system wants, staff wants. But last night, the the rotation where the players were, they weren't just glued in the middle of the ice. There was movement by McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent, Hopkins. Uh, they're going to work on probably finding that slot shot a little more from the right-handers. And I think Barry is a huge upgrade over Clefbaum on the power play. And one of the things that I like about having Barry back there is he's got a shot that you have to respect. And I never really felt that with Clefbaum. And I remember being on a Capitals broadcast a few years back when Clefbaum was back there. And I was saying on the broadcast, I said, I would just block all the other four players, get in their stick lane, and let Clefbaum shoot because I didn't think that he could beat Holtby from a distance. And uh, you look at these guys now, it's just it's a rotation that no one in the league can, can pre- prepare for because there's nothing that's ever the same. And with saying that, it's not reckless either. There's a lot, and they, they can snipe goals. Nugent Hopkins is an underrated player, doesn't get enough of the accolades he deserves around the National Hockey League. And then Dreisaitl and McDavid are, well, McDavid's the best offensive player in the game right now. And Dreisaitl's uh, maybe the best goal scorer in the game. And I say that covering Ovechkin, but he's a lot younger. Uh, and the skating ability that he continues to improve on and for a guy that was drafted fourth because he couldn't he supposedly his skates weren't that good he can fly around any player in the league he's strong on them got great moves so it's an absolute uh i love i'm a hockey fan and i love watching that power play go to work al we had a moment of levity in last night's can we open uh, uh you know show show a little here and turn, have a little bit of fun uh, because I made a, Always, man. I had I yeah. made a comment on the air last night. We were talking about Michael Backlund, and I liked Backlund in the 07 draft. And the Oilers uh, ended up drafting six fifteenth, and then they made a couple. Uh, they made they moved two picks to move up to like twenty first. And at that time, I was on the other station, but writing for the Edmonton Sun. And I to this day, I kind of feel it was a little over the top. Just you know, I I was frustrated. Um, I, I didn't mind Gagne. I, I wanted the Oilers to draft skill. 
and I dra- wanted the Oilers to draft the higher-end guys. And I'd seen Alex Plant play in junior, and you guys got the defenseman out of the Calgary Hitman that year that played forever for you. He was more of a shutdown guy. Pretty good. Uh, got injured later on in his career, but he played a long time. You guys got him. The Capitals got him like fifth or sixth overall at your Geez, I can't believe our Cam Moon will know who it is. Uh, play, anyways, Plant was on the same team. Uh, Alzer, Carl Alzer. The, yeah. the Caps got him. And I remember Edmonton took um, Alex Plant 15th, and I'd seen uh, Calgary play like two games that season. I was like, I don't know if this guy can skate. Like, he reminded me literally of Jim Weimer, who played in the late 1980s or the early 90s. And you fired me something last night. We were cracking up on the air. And it just, because uh, Jim Weimer was a big hulking defenseman. But what was Jim Weimer like, Al? Well, he, first of all, he's one of the fun, just anything he said, any word that came out of his mouth. But when I get traded to Edmonton, he was with uh, the minor league team. And I couldn't believe, a great guy, a funny, we used to call him Stinky Jim, though, because what, he was a hunter, an avid hunter. And what he would do is after games on a roommate, he might not have a shower. He didn't want to give his scent away. And then he used to pour oh, certain no. types of animal urine on him so he could go out hunting and disguise himself and uh what? It, it, it was it, i'm telling you you can buy this stuff and i was like you know bear piss and deer piss and what, what you name it and come he, on you know, so, people don't so do they don't do that hey, do I'm, tell, hey, I'm telling you and jim was late for a few practices with uh, ronnie lowe's our coach low time and he was late for a few practices but the guy came to play he was funny He's a lot bigger than me. He's like 6'3 or 6'4, but he was never in shape. And, you know, a lot of guys were never in shape back then. You know, some guys are born with it. Some guys just know how to eat. But Jimmy, I think what really hurt his career was he was never in great shape, and therefore it really affected his skating. But he had a rocket of a shot. I think he played forward his first few years of pro and was drafted as a forward, but became a defenseman somehow in the American Hockey League. And, you know, maybe the knife and fork, whatever it was, uh, got the best of him. But I did see him in an airport about 10 years ago, bumped into, I think it was Atlanta. And, uh, you know, a guy who never used to comb his hair, maybe cut it himself at times. All of a sudden, it looked like uh, he had one of those extreme makeovers. And it, it was a new wife, a new t- new job, and a new lifestyle. And he looked absolutely phenomenal. I remember in the 89 playoffs in Edmonton, in game six, he scored for L.A. against Edmonton. And I just, I threw my hands up. I'm like, you have to be kidding me because this guy was here with the Oilers before and he got a huge goal. And then, of course, Wayne danced around in Game 7 in uh, 89 as the Kings came back from 3-1 down and everybody in Edmonton thought the dynasty was over. And Mark Messier and Glenn Anderson and Yerry Curry and Craig Simpson and Bill Ranford said, not so fast. And the Oilers won the Stanley Cup uh, the next year, uh, vanquishing the L.A. Kings and Wayne Gretzky in four straight games. So so Jim was uh, – I, I did not know that about hunting. You know, it's funny about hunting, and I've said this before, and this upsets some of our hunters out there, but to me it's not a sport unless the animals have guns or bows as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> if it's a real sport, you know, I, I always joke around. With, we have a couple guys that are avid hunters. Do you think there's as many hunters today as there was, Al, when you were playing? Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> really? And you know what? I live in Texas, and my buddies buy hunks of land so they can go hog hunting and deer hunting on their leases, and they know they're safe. 
And uh, so I do, I do believe there's a lot more. And then when I'm at the lake house in Minnesota in the summer, that's all everyone's talking about, that they're revving up and getting ready to go. So it's uh, I, I still think it's still, it's still there. I think you grow up with it, it becomes part of who you are. And uh, probably, you know what, I probably wouldn't say it's a sport either. And, you know, the, but hunting is hunting, fishing is fishing. And uh, you can classify whatever, you know. Right. Like and I'm know, not going to be know, a, yeah. I, I, I like, you know, I like beef too. I like steak too. So, but that's a little yeah. bit different. So, so, uh, but anyhow, no, it's inter- interesting stuff. I didn't realize that it's still as popular today as ever before. And I worked with a bunch of people from about 1986 until 1998. They didn't rub that sort of urine on them. They just didn't shower for weeks at a time. So, oh, I, you just didn't want to be by Jim on the bus. I'll tell you that because it, it was just like, oh my God, you got to be. You know, there'd be huge arguments about it. And he, and he was the kind of guy he just rel- he loved it. He absolutely loved it, and he knew it. Sticky and uh, you know. Yeah, so there's a lot of, you know, when you play in the American League, the old days in the American Hockey League, there was a lot of time spent on the bus. And could you imagine that on a 12-hour bus ride? So just an absolute piece of work. Just an unbelievable guy. And, you know, that's that's one of the things that you really miss when you're done playing. You have characters. And I had a conversation this morning with uh, one of the guys in XM off off the air. And it was, you know, one of the things, there are some guys that are super serious inside a dressing room. And you got to make sure that they don't take control of it. You've got to have fun. You've got to have the goofballs, uh, the oddballs. You're not going to go too far if you don't have guys like Essa Tickenden on your team. You have to have those funny personalities and those same guys you can tell stories of until you can't remember them. Well, I know a couple years ago you had the privilege of having Wayne Gretzky on your broadcast, and uh, for Gene Principe and Jack and myself, having Wayne on the on the plane and on the media bus on the road uh, from 16, 17 until the pandemic hit, just the story, like we just sat there mesmerized as he would tell these stories like you could i could write six books about it uh you know and that's and that's wayne 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 was inclusive right like he included everybody you know absolutely you know one of the people i've told the old pros that have never met those old oilers and i said one of the things when you finally meet these guys they're going to walk up and they're going to say your name and you're going to be in shock and say wayne gretzky knows my name mark messier knows my name uh you know kevin lowe knows my name and who i my buddy was in scouting in the ushl and Mac Tavish walked up to him and started talking to him, knew everything about him. So those old Oiler players love the game of hockey so much. I think that has a lot to do with how great they were. And I know that night I interviewed Gretz in Washington, my uh, managing producer, I guess the guy that's up, my location producer, my cameraman, my sound guys, all of those guys thought I was uh, all world because Gretzky knew everything about me. And, it, and I said, guys, that's normal. That's who Wayne Gretzky is. He's the kind of guy that, you know, he, he loves the game and he loves the people in the game. And that's why he's the greatest ambassador it's ever had, uh, the amount of respect that he has. And, you know, people would be in shock. People would be, and my friends are in a, and I'll call them and say, I can't believe it. Kevin Lowe knows who I am. And it's not like those guys ever put themselves on a pedestal. We all did. But uh, just phenomenal human being. Nailed it. Uh, you know, that's why, that's why I love all those guys. Uh, Rich has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors question. Al, do you have this answer? How much do you pay the guy who is collecting the barrier, and, and how does he do that? <laughs> oh, God. Could you? Well, who knows? Like, it, it's unbelievable. Uh, I'm telling you, L.L. Bean in Freeport, Maine, Jim Weimer used to go in there and buy bottles of this crud. And we'd just be shaking our heads like, oh, my God. It, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, it, those are the things that make, you know, the sport so fun is you have those goofballs on your team. <laughs> 
I'm going to have to ask Louis Dabrowski. He's going to be on the show on Thursday because Louis, now Louis is a bow hunter and is up in stands and he does this stuff and he's, he doesn't use a gun. Uh, but I just can't imagine. All right, one of the questions that, and I know you watched the game last night, Calgary did not play overly physical. They were really physical in Calgary the first game. They had their third and fourth lines out there. Edmonton outshot them 49-15 in that game and withstood the barrage of hits in the first period. That was exhibition game number one. I, f- I felt the Flames sat back a bit in terms of the physicality and, and trying to sort of drag the game down. Is that a result, do you think, of just how lethal the Oilers' power play can be and they can run you right out of the building if you try doing that? Well, once they got down, the pace of the game completely changed. And Edmonton started going for it, and, and there was line shuffles, and that completely put them on their on their heels. And, and they were they had to back up, they had to reach, and the Oilers weren't, you know, they were playing a fast game last night. And the improvement of... Well, Jim Arvey, since he, he's come back, has been phenomenal. How he wants the puck, how he gets to the net. And I think the puck possession game really changed its flow uh, of how it was played. You know, it's going to be different regular season when you're matching lines, if you're going into Calgary. And then, you know, when it comes back to Edmonton, it's going to be up to Chip to make the game play, play the way he wants. And it's, you know, everyone's got the advantage doing the old line shuffles. But the, the thing I love about Daryl Sutter's teams is they all end up knowing exactly what they need to do with that puck. He expects them to play hard. And uh, guys do what he wants. And, uh, you know, he gets a bad rap. But you look what those L.A. Kings were able to do after they fired Terry Murray and the run they went on with uh, with Daryl was phenomenal. So it's about knowing what you have to do. And they're going to have to recognize their style just as the Oilers are recognize, recognizing what they need from their players. No question. No question. And I got Calgary making the playoffs. And I got people in Calgary that say I'm out to lunch. But I'm just not betting against Daryl Sutter. No way. Uh, his teams were always analytically better than people thought they were. They had to... Uh, uh, you know, they dominated shot share. Markstrom's a good goalie. He had a tough uh, first season in Calgary. He's not a 904 save percentage guy. You could easily see him back at 915. I have him in the mix. Um, switch and focus. You mentioned Yessa Pulley-Yarvey, okay? Are, do you recall guys on the team that, that the fan, like, everybody in the fan base just, because it's clear, like, the Oilers fan base loves Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but there's a sweet spot there for Yessa Pulley-Yarvey. Fans love this guy. And he, he, I mean, he does unique things. You know, he takes a picture of himself with his dog out uh, in Elk Island Park with a bison. That's a little different. But do you recall a couple guys that you played with that were just beloved? Maybe, and Paul Yarvey's got a huge upside, Al. I mean, he could be a 35, 40 goal scorer. Who knows? Maybe he gets there. Um, but did you have somebody like that when you played? You know what? It's. I, I'm not so sure we did, and you know, like, like stumping me like that. But I know that as an analyst, there was been a couple players in D.C. that the fans absolutely loved. One was a kid named Quentin Lang, who, who you know was lucky every game he played in the NHL. He was lucky to play, but. He put his heart and soul out there. He blocked shots with his face. He did what he had to do to make people remember him. And then the other kid in, made himself into an NHL player. He had no business. And you know the Vancouver Canucks just got rid of him was Jay Beagle. And that guy would do anything possible. He worked his ass off was a, just such a quality human that the fan base just loved this guy and you know he got out there and they were chanting his name and you don't see you know he's not a fourth line guy that fights 
He was a hardcore checker, penalty kill, big face-off guy, but did what he had to do. And I think people love that everyday, you know, hard hat worker, do what you got to do to play in the league and help your team be successful. And it's all about putting your team first. And he's also the kind of guy that if he was sat out a game, uh, which never happened at the near the end of his career, but if he was sat out a game, he'd be cheering for the guy that took his spot. So he was that much all in, and I think everyone absolutely realized that. Uh, Josh Archibald, there's been a lot written, a lot said. We now know what's going on officially. He's out indefinitely uh, with myocarditis. I'm sure you're one of the many out there that are cheering for him. Absolutely. You know what? I had a friend in Texas last summer. He was sick for a day, went in a couple days later. He, he had COVID. And when they when they cleared him, and he'd never had any symptoms, you know, other than one day of stuffiness and, you know, a little bit of fatigue. And then after that, he had a heart attack. This guy that plays tennis six, seven days a week, uh, doing cardio at the gym, had zero heart problems, ended up with myocarditis. And uh, it, it's drastically changed how he lives his life. And, you know, so I, I'm cheering for Josh. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I've said on the show, I respect what COVID is. I don't take a loud stance either way. I'm tired of all the, you know, really people's opinions are so all over the place. It's borderline violent with, you know, the, with the way people are yelling and screaming at each other online. And uh, I've always said don't to my friends that have extreme views either way, I said, be careful of the drastic statements you make. They may come back to haunt you. Let's wait this thing out and see what the, the truth is after they can jumble the numbers and hopefully we get rid of this dang thing. And you are vaccinated, right? Yes, I am. You know, I, I travel a lot. I'm around some of my best friends are in their 70s. Uh, and, you know, I want to see my parents again. And I, I want to make sure that I'm, that I'm not bringing anything into them. And, you know, I, I'm pretty careful about how I do this. And to tell you the truth, I've had COVID. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline testing machine at my place in dc so i make sure that when i go visit really people, i don't have the virus i do and so i i you know it's a lot easier to get stuff in the u.s than this back home but i've been using this rapid test for uh since last march april i guess it is well it's a lot easier for the, anybody that is uh you know uh, vaccinated right now in the national hockey league just so people are aware players that are unvaccinated get tested every day players that are vaccinated get tested once every three days and then obviously Obviously, before trips where they cross cross the border. Al, great stuff. Uh, stinky Jim Weimer. I never knew the, thi- the things you learned. Thanks for joining us, my man. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. That is Alan May, longtime NHL player. He's an entertaining guy. We'll take a quick timeout. Uh, talk a little bit of prospects for Scott Arthur Millwork when we return on Oilers Now. Broberg, Philip Berglund, that was an awesome pair for a couple games at this level. Raphael Lavoie's down there, Ilya Konovalov, and some of the other uh, top members of the Oilers' pipeline, if you will, will all be representing Bakersfield now. And it's been kind of cool, Bob, to see you know some of the draft picks in the first and second round over the last couple of years start to you know ply their craft in North America now. We get yeah. to look at it. Yeah, well, the, de- the defense is the big one for me. Obviously, Broberg and Berglund, we'll see if Lagesson ends up making the team. But, you know, you're Samaru Rukov's out for six weeks. He's going to be back at some point. Uh, and then, you, you know, Nima Linen. 
Uh, you know, Niemelainen and Kesselin can one, and I know Kesselin didn't have a great game against the Jets uh, in Winnipeg. They had a pretty good lineup going that night. But can one of Niemelainen and Kesselin, not this year, not next year, but maybe with two full seasons of American Hockey League play or a player like Philip Kemp, can those guys maybe, you know, pop and be third-pairing guys? And Edmonton's going to need that because they're going to need some money to re-sign Poliarvi and Yamamoto. And uh, they're going to need a couple guys on ELCs at a little cheaper price point. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Rob Brown at 135 on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.